0: Welcome to Big Blend Radio's art show featuring Victoria Chick, a contemporary figurative artist and early 19th and 20th century print collector. Welcome, everybody. Today, we are opening up the Big Blend Radio vault of interviews with artist Victoria Chick to revisit an interview about the artist Georges Schreiber, a very interesting artist whose career spanned uh, was pretty much in the 1930s and 40s, but he was born in 1904 in Brussels, Belgium, to German parents. And uh, Victoria really takes a look at his work, his life, his legacy, and uh, it is fascinating what this man produced. So stay tuned and enjoy.
1: George's Schreiber. Uh, you talk about him being an American scene painter, but he—he he, it's when we say that he—he he did become American an American scene. citizen, but he paints American <laughs> well, scenes too.
2: That's true. He, he, the poor little guy. He was he was a young a young kid when World War One broke out. So he was about ten years old, probably. So. Even you know, during the years of the war, and even after the war, he, he was in Brussels when he was born. But his parents were German, and they moved back to Germany. And Germany after World War One was in dire straits. If you re- recall that part of history, um, they were in the depression in Germany. So he, his young years, um, I think, really encouraged him to get out of out of Europe, and uh, he mm-hmm. came to the United States when he was in his twenties. So I, I think, when he you know, it was his dream to come to the United States, and I, and I, he really, really loved the United States. And he he his goal was to visit every part of the United States and and draw or paint uh, everything that he saw, all the activities of the you know daily activities of people. So he he did become a scene painter, American scene painter. Um, he was really closely allied with the regionalists too, and. Um, they because they had hmm. some common goals, but um, or common time kinds of, of um, subject matter. But um, he he just loved the United States, and he 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 did it. He loved it in his artwork and he in the things that he wrote. He expressed a great admiration for and a, and a sort of a feeling of real happiness that he was finally in the United States.
1: How interesting, you know, mm. how people fall in love with certain areas and then just, you know. And and I think it, what's interesting, because we are, like, when we talk about such a diverse collection of people in this country. Right. But you think back, I mean, because he, he was born in 1904, but he was here in, the what, 1928 is when he first, you know, came over here. Right, but right. When, so for him, I mean, at that time, it's not like we're as bustling of of a country as we, you know, back then we weren't as busy, like we didn't have as many people <laughs> to look at. But then he went from depression to
2: depression.
1: Well, he, That's he, interesting,
3: yeah. He
2: got he got here he got here right before the stock market crash. I mean and even then he felt lucky to be here. Mm-hmm. So oh. I I mean I can I can only imagine what his growing up years must have been like, you know, because mm-hmm. the, yeah. the depression in the United States was not a piece of cake. And mm-hmm. um um, an interesting, another thing interesting to me was that he, when World War II came along, he was right in there um, doing things for the military. He, yeah. was, he was an artist for the military. So um, that was another, another, I guess, an aspect of his love for the United States.
1: And that was interesting. I was reading. You have an article on this, and it's uh, Thomas Hart Benton that he was became friends with. But they were doing this project where they were trying to r- capture the life on a submarine. I mean, that's because it's it's interesting. You don't hear as much about submarines now as what was you know going on back then. And you know, even right, when you right. look at the Cuban Missile Crisis, we've interviewed mm-hmm. the the men who who were there at the got the orders to not bomb. And do or, you know yes, yeah. have the whole thing with Russia? We and doing that interview and talking to the gentlemen who you know served and and were on those submarines and hearing what submarine life was like because I think you know when you started hearing submarines, people living under the ocean basically in mm-hmm. these big tanks, that is. Right, totally bizarre. I mean, if you thought like, okay, you're a kid and you don't know what a submarine is and those are new, it's like suddenly you're spending years of your life under the sea. That's weird. <laughs>
2: you know, you'd never think that's going to happen
1: to you. You know.
2: Well, that's I guess a, it's, it sounds it, it sounds like it could be a, a dangerous situation. You know, not not just even in war, even in, without war, it, it's a dangerous situation, or it, or it appear to be to most people. I know that they make these things very well. And then you know they have got just submarines have been around, around a long time without any problems, problems. but it, I'm sure they require a constant monitoring and maintenance.
3: hmm I wouldn't want to do it.
1: Well, but, <laughs> but I think no. it's so important when you start to portray this as artists. Is there's these roles that artists play in preserving mm-hmm. our history? I mean, we were we were talked about this on the shows for years, but it's true. I mean, for for people to understand what. Um, you know our our military service are going through. I think that's you know even war photography, which I find it it's it's brutal, but it's there. It's it's part. It's like art and journalism put together. You know when people start right. to you know artists start capturing things like submarine life. It's so people right. understand. Otherwise, if we have no idea what soldiers are going through, we lose that connection, and that's a dangerous thing. To lose right. You that know? was one so I, one I,
2: thing. I Right, like I'm sure you remember when they quit the draft, quit having the draft, and mm-hmm. that, that there's, there are some, there were some positive things about the draft in that that everybody, almost everybody, uh, would, would had the chance of being called up, and mm-hmm. when you when you, I guess I just sort of spread it out more so that. That people, families at home, were more involved in what went on, and in where, in where mm. the battleground was, and there was, um, you know, no, nobody wants people to be killed, <laughs> but right, um, I don't know. It just it made something. There was a more of a family feeling to uh, to the Americans in general. I mean, we felt as a it's group, everyone's
1: going through yeah. this kind of thing. Yeah, because yeah. everybody. It's pretty not just much had a one group of people. You right. know, it's, it's every, right. Well, that in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, the military side of things, where it, it, you, you came out of high school as a as a as a guy, and you had to serve for two years in the military, and that meant <coughs> some people did end up in 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 you know combat during those two years, yes. but or you could go to university and then do your two year service, but everybody had to do it. And mm-hmm. there were some really horrific things that happened actually from that that people were not ready for, and it's just because there was turmoil going on sure. in that country at the time but um but yeah, that's you know people had them, and for some young boys, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing just
2: saying <laughs> yeah of, I mean, I've talked to a lot about of it. It men you know men who you know are in their eighties now and they they say, they're thinking back to their military experience. And they said, you know, mm-hmm. it, made, it made them grow up in a lot of ways that were good. So mm-hmm. um, there is that. Of course, yeah. they said one of the biggest things was they they were never niche before the military, and <laughs> and after the after the military service, they really put things away, and we're we're very neat people.
1: Mm. You, it, mm. it, it is yeah you, you you have that little discipline side I think it's it's a good thing I'm yeah. um, you know I th- yeah everybody's got their different thing on it and I yeah, think it's hard did, with, especially with you know young men if sometimes. you could just kind of be there
3: for defense but not ever really have to go into combat yeah, it would it be kind of a of, cool thing some of
1: my friends totally yeah. shouldn't have been in it and shouldn't <laughs> and ended up in situations that none of them were prepared for and yeah, um, yeah I mean but anyway let's not go there <laughs> let's, let's <laughs> Talk about Georgia, no. because I think too. What was interesting is that you know when he got to the states in 1928, he started doing cartoons for na- newspapers, and it's such a right. it's that because right there, if you're doing a cartoon, I think like comedians, I know you love Dave Barry. <laughs> you know, comedians, yeah. right. you, That means that there's this other level of observation to me when when you're starting to do cartoons, you're really getting to the nitty gritty of something. Um, there's there's that's hard to do but then it, it's well, it really well rewarded as far as yeah. i'm concerned
2: <laughs> uh he's well i i no, i haven't seen any of his cartoons that i know of so i mm. i don't know what type of cartooning he did uh i i'm assuming that he was doing like political commentary so mm. um yeah just be, because he was mm. selling them you know like <laughs> he was it was a daily strip is what i'm saying so, um, hmm. the, you do have to. You do have, you have to pick up what's going on in the country as a foreigner. Uh, you would have a different. You might have a different outlook, going in, or a different, different bias, or a different um, way of seeing things than somebody who's lived there all their life. And that can mm. be good, you know. That's true. Yeah, I think so. Mm. You know, it it really
1: is true when you look at somebody coming from an outer area and then looking in. It's mm-hmm. like. Oh, you people do this. It's like, it's like a zoo.
3: <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah.
1: It is not all in the zoo
3: for Europeans. Come no, on. No, no, like, come look at us.
1: You know, yeah, we wear yes. cowboy boots,
3: you know. But again, yeah. <laughs> well, some people do and some people don't.
1: Yeah, so that's an interesting perspective. You know, Janice Joplin got her start being a cartoonist, a singer. So many people mm-hmm. have got, I'd like to do an article one day oh, on right. just how many people used being a cartoonist, you know, and, or a character artist to get ahead in, in their field. and I, I think political cartooning has got to be really fun. Nancy wants to do it. That's yeah. dangerous. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's dangerous. You, know. you get in trouble doing that. I know, I know. But, yeah, so how did you get in, you know, find out about him? Is this another print collecting? Because we do have the image of the lithograph, and it's called Going Home in 1945 is is when it was done. Um, is that how you you know stumbled onto him? Is is in your collecting of prints?
2: Well, yes, it actually was. George George Schreiber is one of those people that I that I'm always so happy to discover because I don't know I have never heard of these people before. I never heard of George Schreiber, and you know mm-hmm. even though he's a friend of of Thomas Hart Benton, you would think that that. Um, I might have seen his artwork, you know, being talked about sometime, but but I hadn't. So mm. um, it was a thrill when I saw saw this image. I actually saw it on the internet, and, and I thought, "Wow, I really like that, and I'd like mm. to have it." So I I I saw about getting it, but um, I'd like to see more of his work too. I, and I I haven't seen very much, although he must have done mm. a lot. He was really really well-received. His work was well-received um, at galleries. He, when, he, when he got here to the United States, he spent about three years just driving all over the country. Of course, you, you've got your 1936 car <laughs> and you're driving <laughs> all over the country and the roads were probably interesting in places. Um, the highways were not mm-hmm. very well-developed, but he he preferred rural scenes. And he would he went. We went to the South. He did laborers in the South. He did coal miners in the East. He he did wow. gold miners in the West. I mean, he just he just was attracted to the everyday kind of person, and which is which is why he gets associ his association with the American scene painters. And he did he. I've only seen his lithographs, so I don't mm-hmm. know what is what is color palette was his painting was like i would really like to investigate him more and uh, i would like to see see more of his work so i'm going to try and track that down
1: Mm. i was looking i was like googling him to see like other images and things and i'm like i can't find anything and and even on wikipedia like he's in all these collections and there's no link to go like he needs his own wikipedia page
2: yeah (laughs) <laughs> you know what happens a lot of times when, when you, because I've looked, I've, I've had mixed success looking at those places too, is that they're in a museum, but mm-hmm. they are not trendy, let's say, for a period of time, mm-hmm. other things are more trendy. And so they get put in storage, and they might, you know, be in storage for decades, and if you mm. if you're a scholar and you're really researching that person, you can go to that museum and make contact with the curator and you can make arrangements to go into their collection and and study his study a painter's work or an artist's work so its it's it because a museum is kind of like a repository for keeping things safe, not just for showing things you know it, but it's it, it, there's yeah, I've,
1: I've had conversations with historians and historical societies, and we we are there's something really great about the internet. Whereas a long time people were going, well, if you preserve your history there, it could all vanish, and that's still a point. I mean, it could happen one day. You know, the yeah. plug on yeah. <clears> on <throat> certain entities could so, happen, which could be good or bad. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. sometimes it's just fun to pull the plug, but. It, it's scary, but a lot of these museums, and even the smaller community ones, they don't have, I mean, we're we're getting these huge collections, and you can't put everything on display, and there's, like, historical paintings that people really, you know, that's, like, valuable, and it's, like, at the bottom under a table somewhere, and it's not necessarily <laughs> yeah. the museum's fault. It's We're getting to this point of... You know, taking care of, and I don't know. I I sometimes look at all these empty buildings we have around the world and around this country. Um, if federal buildings that are empty, and Nancy always says, okay, you want to solve the homeless problem? Let's put people in these buildings. Yeah. You could put more <laughs> museums and things. I don't know. Instead of these big empty buildings, just saying. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you could. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well,
2: well, I mean, a, muse- a museum has to be more than a, than a than a than a shell. Yeah. Um,
3: Mm-hmm. Because
2: there's a lot of there's a lot to go into preservation of art objects mm-hmm. that that goes beyond that you know like temperature and humidity and uh, mold and dampness mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff that they have to guard against. But um, but these I mean if they're it's not that they're not and not totally inaccessible. But museums museums in a way are entertainment centers for for most people that go mm-hmm. to them. And mm-hmm. they want to, They want to see their favorite paintings, or they want to. They're, they've heard about an artist. They want to see that artist. So it's whatever kind of um, is is in the news at the time. You know, like you look at the computer and that's yeah. now trending. You know, it's kind, kind of like, like that. If you don't go so to if
1: you don't go to Mona Lisa when you're in Paris, like people are going to look at you right. like you're nuts. You know, It's yeah, like that's if true. you do not see the Mona Lisa, but then there's going to be somebody else's art that we're not hearing about that is just amazing. And I think you're right about this. It's something that I it, – it's, it, it's a problem we have with the world is that a lot of people are also just reading headlines. And so we're not – if it's not trending, you're not going to hear about it. And things are only yeah. trending on the Internet because you've told it that this is what you like. And so yes. it becomes and trending.
2: Yes. And the other factor is us, we're
1: looking at something is, we've never known about. <laughs> so it's going to keep serving
3: you up the same slice of pizza. Yeah. Because that's what it seems I to I don't want
1: anchovies. We did this about on our that. last yeah. show. Yeah. No, yeah. Anchovies. the pizza
3: syndrome. Here's <laughs> but, your pizza for today because that's what you had yesterday mm-hmm. and that's what your computer remembers.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you
3: don't ever investigate well, feels, something yep. new...
2: Yeah. The other thing about uh, The other thing about trending is... That the uni- museums have to be supported financially,
1: yeah, and
2: so they have to yeah. sell tickets, and so they've got to give the people what they want because for mm-hmm. most people, like I say, it's entertainment. It's an, it's just it's it's a, an afternoon of enjoyment for most people that go there. Most people aren't scholars, and uh, but yeah. they still they still the museums have a responsibility and a very strong sense of oh. Okay. Um, the importance of keeping good artwork protected mm-hmm. and, and, and preserving I it so that people who are really interested, you know, really want to study it, want to write about it, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that they have access to it. So... Um,
1: but I think there's it's, also it's, a way of the education – yeah, now we need the funding, right? The museums need yeah, the funding. It's you know? very costly it's, it's, to, it's expensive. to take things out of storage. And to take just, you know, from the interviews we've done with DeGrasse Gallery in the Sun, mm-hmm. I learned so much about what happens to art, like how they they have to store it, like you're saying, in all these different, you know, the temperatures, especially out in the desert.
2: You know, right. and they're in an
1: oh. adobe building, so that's a whole other thing. But it's actually more natural. Right. But there's things like you know you have to get people who restore paintings and do all that restorative uh, work, which isn't exactly cheap, and it's it's just this huge thing, and we don't see it a, a mm-hmm. lot on the public side. But there's stories to be told, and that's where the funding comes in, and people don't understand the cost of a story. You know, they don't understand no. like, hey, going in and finding out, hey, you know, this tie, you know, this ties into that, or finding the time to do research to take something that is unknown, dust it off, and find the sizzle spot so people go, oh, that's cool, and make it trending. You (laughs) know what I mean? So if it's not known about, then it just stays there not known. Wow, what a a different discussion we're having today.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And that's why why it's so, so useful and important to have curators who can mm-hmm. put, pull things together from out of the storage area, put them together with maybe more modern things, and you start to see everything differently. And you, mm-hmm. you, or, the, or their curation will tell a story, it will show progress, it will show uh, the evolution of painting or printmaking or whatever. So people will, lear- will learn from the exhibits. Because education is mm-hmm. a big part of a uh, museum uh, mm-hmm. uh, work also.
3: Well, it has to be, because if, you don't, if you're not educated about the um, things that they're storing, then you don't care about them. You don't know mm-hmm. enough to know that they're valuable, right. and if you don't think they're valuable, then mm-hmm. they, they get to rot, and there goes your history. Mm-hmm. Right,
1: exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, and education often has to be entertaining. You have to entertain. You have to put a yes. tutu on and do a dance if you want someone to hear something new. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, okay. Even okay, I'll pass on that. Teacher, well, musicians have to play a cover song to get someone to listen to their new song. To me, I'm, I'm a little different. I want to hear the new stuff. I I, I crave but new. But then, then you're you know?
3: educated in that because you've done your own music, so you you know the feelings behind mm-hmm. that. You know, But it's true. The average person wants to see the famous
1: stuff. Yeah. Like, don't, you know, it's... Someone blindfold you and taste something brand new that you don't know about. Like, that would freak people out. Yeah. Blind tastings, you know. It's something new. So, yeah. This is, and it's so interesting to think about history because there's so many people like Georgia Stryber out there as artists, just people in history have done things mm. that none of us know about. I mean, we found out things like, okay, today is Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo celebrations in this country come from Colombia, one of the best preserved old mining camps in California, which is a state park. They started Cinco de Mayo being a party in this country. So who would know that kind of stuff, right, until you get out there and discover the unknown? And it is finding that stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's all these people all around, but they're making history new by bringing it out. Like, history should be new. That's weird, but it's true. That's my poem for the day.
2: You know, talking about change, my my cousin who – um, is a docent in a, in, a, in, a, in a in the Minneapolis Art Museum uh, was mm. telling me a story about they have they have a painting by Franz Marc who was a, a a member of a group called Der Blau Reiter and he had he did this painting called Blue Horses and he did this in like the oh gosh twenties thirties I'm not absolutely sure but they they had they had it hanging in this one spot in the museum for a long time. And it was every it's a painting that everybody wants to see. well, they moved it <laughs> they, they they put something else there because it was a special exhibition, and people were upset their their favorite that they always come to see was not there anymore so um they you know eventually wow. they put it back because that was what people in minneapolis wanted but i think it i think it's it's interesting mm. it, it's it's not limited to you know one place it's none of us um adjust uh well all mm. the time to change and especially changing our favorite stuff
1: mm. you know it, it's interesting mm. the de grazia gallery and we'll play some of their music today now because we're talking about it the way of the cross they do this exhibit it, uh, ted de grazia did it you know started it you know obviously it's his paintings And, Mm -hmm. you know, they do it every year around Passover, Easter, and and through the month of May. And Lance Labor, the Tucson dude, comes on our show. We call him the Tucson dude. And you've heard him on shows. Um, Sure. He went in there and said, we need to, we keep doing the same thing every year. We need to stop it. He talked about people (laughs) raising hell. Like, I don't mean to say that with the way of the cross. But, I mean, people got (laughs) upset. They came, I mean, he, he his like... He had to put it back and he's now like no matter what he it he has to do it every single year. They change it up some way, but every single year they have to keep doing it and everyone May thirtieth it's down. So if you are one of those who bang on his door and yell at him, like you better go see it now before it comes down the yeah. But that's the There's thing. Some, it's there like are
2: some paintings they're like they're like pilgrimage sites. To people, yes. and you know, so I mean, we we understand. We've talked before about how powerful art is, and mm. um, you know why some no, sometimes uh, people try to control it. But uh, that's a really good example. Mm. So,
1: Georgia Schreiber, I mean, now you're in. Now, now you see you would go somewhere. Like, if if there was a museum like five to eight hours away from you, would you drive out there just to go see his art?
2: Yeah, I would. I don't know whether I'd you know go every month, but I would definitely want yeah. to go see it. Yeah.
1: At least do one thing. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's the thing. You know, it's like people do get into it and and I think it is cool that, you know, when people really get into art that way, I think that's an exciting thing, quite frankly. It's, it's always fun to see too how an artist might change over the
3: years, like, you know, if there's a 10 to 20 year span in between the kind of work they're doing because most artists tend to branch out and then a few years go by and they branch out again. And then we're back to whether or not the public likes the new Mm. version of what they're doing.
2: And you find that often in in artists Mm -hmm. that are, you know, somebody will like somebody's work uh, a lot, the galleries will show it, it will sell well, and then the, the artist gets a little bored with with it, with mm-hmm. working in in a particular way or with that particular particular subject, and he will move on. And lots of times, people have a hard time adjusting adjusting to new work by a same artist or the, or gallery. Says, I can't sell that, and you know, I, to keep doing your old stuff because this stuff isn't selling. And that's really hard for an artist. Oh, yeah, no, because
1: that's because, saying, please uh, be a money machine and not an artist. Well, yeah, and it, it, it yeah, is and funny. Can, I mean, I know south africa i started painting cosmos you know pictures of the
3: flowers that are pink and kind of magenta and white and mm-hmm. they're they're not native to south africa they're actually an invasive species but they're beautiful and there's fields of them and yeah i was painting in public and once i started the cosmos thing i couldn't get out of it that's all every wow. you know every order of every painting i'm like i felt like i was doing like you know how i used to make stamps out of potatoes <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you flowers. You, you, you. <laughs> making my, making money is very nice, and it certainly helps us survive. Yeah. But, I mean, we, we need to grow, too. And um, sometimes yeah. the only way to do that is to is to switch switch gears. Yeah, I, yeah
3: that's funny. true. You know, and then I'd start doing dog portraits, and I'd do a German shepherd, and here comes a bunch of German shepherd yeah. orders. But and we get like...
1: Can't we have a different dog? well I, w- I want to ask you this, yeah. Victoria, because at the same time, you know we need change to create energy movement. you know yeah. it's like it like right. if a store doesn't change out its front window, like even mm. it's the same thing with websites, you know we we do a lot of that stuff over here. Right. you know, if you don't change your headlines, then no one's going to come and look. you know if you don't change yep. your front window, no one's everyone's going to say, oh, they just have the same old stuff. So there's this weird balance of, as mm. you know how we are as human beings. To like even as a musician, you're gonna change out your set, but please play the old favorite. A restaurant, don't change everything on your menu. You yes. have to keep the cheeseburger. You know, otherwise people <laughs> yeah. are gonna get mad. That's what they come there for, right? Yeah, so it's and they want the it's same a very spot odd thing
2: on
1: the menu. To- <laughs> yeah, exactly. How dare you even add yeah. a new graphic? <laughs> but when you, I look at Silver City. You guys do a lot of events. You have the Red Dot um, Art Walk and everything, the art tour, uh, the studio tour that you do in every October. With the Silver City Galleries and then the Art Association, but you also have like the Clay Festival coming up in August. And see, this is my way of promoting the Clay
2: Festival <laughs> <laughs> coming up. You're very sneaky. And every, you just you just you, you just slid right into that, <laughs> right
1: into that. But my point with it is, I'm balancing this. This is my little segue. <laughs> is that. You if you did the event exactly the same every year, then eventually people won't go. So like you have right. to have You're clay, right. but you have to change the clay event right. a little bit. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> it's a get, different kind of to clay. make people want to go back again. Isn't that true? So it's like it changes <laughs> and every we, year, and we have changed it. Yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. So tell you know, everybody tra-
1: tra- what, what to expect this tradition- <laughs> year. <laughs>
2: tradition is nice and we so we went to the clay festival year we wonder what they're gonna do this year so they there's a, there's an anticipation that we are gonna do something new, which we always do we always we always change things out and um you know, but we always have a certain number of tours and a certain number of lectures and workshops and 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 exhibits and stuff like that so um so the format or the 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 i should about the format the um the elements are similar, but there's enough difference that people can always find something new. And we try to do that with all of our events.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And and that's important in art, period.
2: And, by the way, one of the changes is it's no
1: longer in August. It's July 22nd through 30th, and you can go to <laughs> yes. playfestival.com. So, just to yes. know, so don't, listen, don't listen to Lisa. Just go to the website. Don't, don't show up days.
2: late. Don't show up late. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but events are a piece of art to me. I think a really well-done event is, is it's crafty and creative, and, you know, yeah. you've got to be smart to make it go off without a hitch. I think a chef is an artist, too, you know. So there's this – to keep there's that weird balance of change, and like keeping your signature style too. Like right. do artists ever just bust out that I'm doing? I mean, could I mean I couldn't imagine your art being anything different than who you are, Victoria. I mean it would just be. I mean, of course you could change it, and but I mean every painting is different. There's no way that you don't look right. at your art. You can do a series. You know what you your subject matter changes a lot. And every painting is completely different, but you have a signature style that no one else has. So do you ever see artists well, completely bust out and change?
2: Yeah, I think, I think serious artists try to do that, and I, I hope mm-hmm. I do it, you know. Uh, yeah, you do. So <laughs> anyway, um, we, 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 we were talking about um, change and things leading into other things. And one, one of the things that's coming up, is a that they tried last year, which was successful for the first time. That um, they tried it, it was a, a called Southwest Print Fiesta, and this mm. they with they did printmaking with a giant steamroller out in the street, oh, cool. and it was pretty exciting. Cool. <laughs> Everybody that was cool. sort that of jumping cool. up and down because the steamroller was so so heavy, vibrating. But it was really wonderful. And this this year they're cool. they're making going to start making yes. Last year they made prints. This year they're expanding it. In addition to prints, they're going to be making banners, and those banners are going to be huge. Done with a steam steamroller, and then they're going to be used in the Day of the Dead their, uh, festival we're going to have at that time. Oh wow! So, so once one event kind of feeds another event. I love that. And maybe people, you should just get gets a big
3: people, pond of clay. And let people jump yep. in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, that's getting weird. We will yeah, we go just, into we, that we kind discuss, of wrestling. we discussed. Wrestling.
2: at one time having a a mud wrestling event, but we decided to get yeah, it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That'll 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 attract a whole different kind of audience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a
2: different yeah. crowd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: imagine but i mean you know people there is you know there's a whole bunch of things you can do with clay so i mean it's good but everyone clayfestival.com is the website such an interesting conversation that georgia schreiber has got us (laughs) on the track of change yeah we hardly talked about him at all (laughs) well but you know we need to know more he we we all need more information on him he needs to be i'm glad you're writing about him and bringing you know his his art up and getting people to think about who he was
2: yeah, if I find out anything else in the next year or so, I will uh, yeah. write it up and give it to you, and you can decide whether you want to continue on with him or not.
1: Yeah, no, I think find you've a, got to
2: keep up to that. Yeah. I, I loved
1: even, you know, his his title, like, of his series, you know, the panorama. is just, to me, the panorama of America. I mean, that's that's pretty big. That's big. That's yeah. a big panorama. I mean, how long did he spend in Texas? <laughs> <I'm> just
2: kidding. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, you know... I I don't know but um it sure grabbed people at the time because I mean he, mm-hmm. he they hung his work, they were gonna have like an opening in, you know, a couple of days. But the, the people started coming in and by the time the opening occurred everything was already sold. Mm. So wow. he was wow. wildly successful and then he and then he moved that he had that show that that kind of a the theme. He took that uh that show all over the country and they had it in museums it was it, it was like it was like an invitational uh kind of traveling show that he did and
1: hmm.
3: took
2: it all over the country so that it, and that was most mostly his lithographic work so wow um you know and and, and, and now we don't hear then. about him now we don't hear about yeah. him so you know it's and interesting. and
1: I love that he was a traveler with his art like Thomas Moran we mm-hmm. were talking about him and how you know what he did with the national yep. parks yep. and you know these people traveling around with their art. Let me tell you, it just wasn't as easy as us getting in our SUV or catching. <laughs> well, maybe catching a plane. You, you'd have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but yeah, we have no room for you. <laughs> you can get kicked off your right. plane. But um, you know, so when you think about back then, when what travel was like versus now, it, it's just night and day difference. You know, so right. and trying to keep things. You know. Well, lithographs are not, not as bad temperature control, I'd say, but
3: still, yes,
1: you don't yes. want to be in the Texas sun. So. We, we know because,
3: about traveling with artwork. Yeah, no it's what, not easy. No matter what, something
1: gets damaged. It's <laughs> not easy. It's like trying to transport, like, wedding cakes. Yeah, never do it. Let oh, the professionals yeah. do it, <laughs> especially in the mountains. Yeah. But Victoria, but it always
2: it.
0: fun chatting with you because with we always get off topic. <laughs> <Love> it. <laughs> yes, it is fun. Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio. You can view Victoria Chick's artwork at victoriachick.com. Keep up with us at bigblendradio.com.